0: And he reaches into his trench coat and he pulls out a, a plastic baggie with three shrooms, and so I held on to it for about another week. And after a while, I was just like, "You know what? I got the day off. Let's do this." Yeah. And so I, um, I didn't know how to take it, so I just did. You know, I just took it the way that a Mormon thinks a mushroom should be taken. Emily. And I, no, I ordered a pizza. Oh. <laughs> oh we rise on from the depths we
1: climb Welcome to the shuttle podcast everyone. In this episode number six, I have Tabor Johnson. He is a stand-up comedian. He's a really good guy. We get through a whole lot through this short conversation. We talk about comedy and being a Mormon and porn and porn while you're being a Mormon and all this stuff. So it's not just porn, I promise. There's other things, too. But it's a great conversation. It was fun. I've been trying to get Tabor in the shuttle for months now just because when I first started, I was pretty quiet. You know, I didn't know anybody, and some people come up to you and kind of treat you like you've already been there for a while you know and and Tabor's one of those guys I enjoyed doing it so I think you guys are gonna enjoy listening to it thank you guys very much for downloading and listening I see it when you do and I, I appreciate that so enjoy episode number six with Tabor Johnson
0: I don't think I'll drop out I you know I love comedy too much and I don't think we ever
1: drop out that's the sad part about entertainment. We could always come back and you get our GED. Never drop out, like, and that's anything. That's acting, music, comedy, and I know for a fact, pro wrestling. Doesn't matter what's going on, man. If you feel like you can come back and you want to come back, you're always going to be back. Um, but, but again, that's the curse of this of this bug for performing that we have is that even when it's kicking us and it's at our lowest. We still, we still at some point want it and it's, it will always come back. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I worked up a lot of strength and a lot of courage yesterday to go hit those three mics. I, I showered, um, and I, you know, I put on some fresh clothes and I made, you know, my hair look nice Yeah, and I was just like, I am going to go, you know, I don't want to do this. But I have to because, you know, I got to treat comedy like it's my job because I want to make this a career. I want to be able to make money doing comedy. And if I don't treat it like a job, it's never going to be a job. So yeah. uh, I decided, you know, I mean, if if it was if it was, you know, working at the sugar beet factory like I have been and, and I said, you know what? I don't feel like going. Yeah. I'd get fired. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, you would. so I told myself, I was like, of course you don't feel like going, but you don't get to tell yourself that you don't, mm. you don't get to just not go because you don't feel like it. This is your job. So I got dressed and I got ready and I borrowed my roommate's van cause Fallon was at work. Yeah, Having one vehicle sucks. Like I've grown up my, <laughs> I hear I've grown up my whole life with only one vehicle because, you know, somebody's car was always broken down. And so, you know, by the time we finally got a new one, it was time for the one that we had been using to break down. And so my whole life I grew up with only one car and now...
1: <laughs> Damn, well, we, we, growing up as, as a you you're Mormon and you have a bigger family.
0: We weren't lucky enough to have a van for a lot of the time that I was growing up. We had a Mazda 626, a little white Mazda 626. Gotcha. And my dad had a Jeep. And so, you know, having a seven-person family, we'd have to take two vehicles any time we went anywhere. Well, the Jeep broke down, and so all we had was the Mazda.
1: And the top of the Mazda.
0: Yeah, the top of the (laughs) Mazda. We would ride it like, uh, what is that, Teen Teen Wolf? (laughs) Teen (laughs)
1: Wolf.
0: Gosh, what a... What a lovely dated reference. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Everyone will get that one. Yeah. So what ended up happening for most of my childhood is my parents would all go somewhere. Like, Mm -hmm. the big thing was going to Boise. Everyone wanted to go to Boise. Did you grow up in Caldwell? I grew up in Caldwell. Oh, shit. So it's just like, hey, we're going to Boise. And we'd be like, yeah. And um, they'd be like, oh, Tabor, you can't go. Oh, shit. So I'd have to stay home while everyone else went to Boise, they'd go to the mall. They'd, you know,
1: damn, no wonder why you're a comedian.
0: Yeah. And so I was, I was, I was always home alone while everyone else went to the mall and then they would come home and they're just like, Hey, we bought you. So I still got stuff. It's just, oh, yeah, I didn't sure. get to go. So when we got our first van, I was so stoked. I like Tabor finally starts to get going, you know, starts to get to go to things again. And so I was like, yeah, I'm in the back of the van. Yeah, I get to go. And everyone's like, Oh, do we have to go?
1: you like, like, hell yeah, we're going, everybody. I yeah. left the house in
0: a month. <laughs> no, not months. For like five to six
1: years this went on. Whoa. Where, where... So what'd you do? you play video games? Pretty much. Wow. That's crazy. So yeah. what What was your number one thing? So if you thought about growing up and, and and being by yourself and stuff during this time, what was the number one thing you would do?
0: Um, Just being by myself? Mm-hmm. Um, well, when, yeah, like, like you said video games was definitely a big part of my life oh, yeah. uh we ended up getting i think that's the main reason why we got video games because forever you know we had an uh a, the original nintendo yeah that my dad picked up somewhere my dad picked up video game consoles like like some people pick up stray dogs he just walked in one day and he had it and he's like look what i got and he didn't tell us where he got it he didn't but dad we don't even have a tv well <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky we had a TV. We had crappy TVs, well, you know, with like the color was like purple on the bottom and shaking and stuff. We That's had funny. awful TVs. But we always got like the console that was two consoles behind. We were always two generations behind. So by the time everyone was playing the Nintendo 64, we got the original Nintendo. And we were so excited to get that Nintendo. We didn't know that everyone else was playing in 3D already, but we That's were awesome. so psyched that we got a Nintendo. <laughs> and you know what? It's it's really it's really weird. The Nintendo like the video games, as mysteriously as they came, they disappeared just as mysteriously. Like oh, I remember one time we came home and the Nintendo was gone. And we're like, What happened in the Nintendo? And my dad gave us some excuse, like, Oh, I went to go live on a farm with, <laughs> <What else>? with... <laughs> with the with the other video games and just (laughs) our consoles would disappear and i found out later that it was because you know we were really hurting on money Hmm. and so he would pawn our video games um he did that with our nintendo he did it with our sega genesis and i don't think we ever purchased a video game console that was new until my youngest brother was born and then they started buying all the like the the current gen consoles, like we started getting the X, we got the Xbox 360 when that came out and the Xbox one, because, I don't know, like my parents' parenting style changed drastically from the first child to the youngest child. Oh, I
1: bet. With seven kids?
0: Five kids. Five kids. Seven family members total. Mm. My biological father, when we'd go to his house on the weekends, anytime a new system came out, Boom, we had it. Like, a couple weeks after the Sega Saturn came out, we had it. Nope, That's cool. No, nobody had a Sega Saturn. Nobody liked the Sega Saturn, but we had one. And when PlayStation 2 came out, we had a PlayStation 2.
1: Not to not, make your parents sound like monsters, because obviously they, they didn't have enough room, but it's like you were left alone for all this time in your formative years, and you were trying to develop your own personality and figure out who the fuck you were. So, like... Were there things that you would do that nobody else knew? Not like bad things, not like things you're embarrassed about. Did you do things that you probably weren't supposed to do? I would
0: go, like, you know, Mormons aren't supposed to watch rated R movies, um, but my family had a ton of rated R movies because the rated R movies are good. Yeah. But how, what 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 they did was this: is when they bought a rated R movie, they would watch it first, and then they would know where all you know the sex scenes scenes are you know my family didn't care about violence we didn't care about blood you know yeah um but the sex but the sex was not allowed and so what i would do is i would remember all the places that they would skip and then i'd be like okay File that away for future reference. That's funny. And then I would go and get all these rated R movies, and like, they were on cassette. I would go and I'd like I fast forward the cassette. Yeah. To all the sex scenes, and that was that was my porn for for many many years. Did
1: you remember to put it back in the spot where it was? Like, did you rewind it back to the beginning, or did you forget? Oh yeah. To... Be,
0: be kind, please rewind. I always.
1: Because next time your parents put the movie on, it's literally right after the sex scene, and they're like. Uh, what I don't think I ever did
0: that I think nope. I was I was cautious enough and, and you know you know smart enough never to leave it on a sex scene I I might have done it once or twice but it was probably a movie that they would never watch ever again
1: yeah so you so, kind of could yeah I would do that all the time usually I was the one that watched movies before my parents and I would, I would watch them first and I would always know when the inappropriate parts were like the sex scenes or, or, or you're going to see a bare ass or boobs or whatever, or anything that would make me uncomfortable around my parents. Yeah. I knew when it was going to happen. So when it would happen, I'd have to go to the bathroom <laughs> and I would sit in the bathroom for the entire, cause I could hear the movie from the living room and I, I would wait for it to get over with. Just so I could, I wouldn't feel embarrassed watching it with my parents, and then I would come back out when it was done and be like, "Oh, what did I miss!" <laughs> <That's> like, <awesome. laughs> like, like I didn't know it was happening. I did that for years. I remember being on in high school. I was in the, I was in the band, and we were going to Vegas. It was my junior year. I think we we're going to Vegas, and on these little charter buses or coach buses, whatever, you whatever you want to call them. Player. Yeah, well, we had a VHS oh yeah because i this was 1999 you know 2000 they didn't have dvd players on on buses uh we, we were we were happy they had a vhs player and so i brought liar liar so we put it on in the bus or my band teacher puts it on the bus and there's that part in the movie where they're playing the recording of the two people having sex, and she's she's just screaming, like and yelling, a term, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. I
0: believe is the when the that came on.
1: I don't know why I forgot or why I didn't think about like, hey, this this scene's gonna come up. Jeremy and everyone's going to be watching it and you're all in high school and your adult band director is going to be in there and so it came up and I was like oh shit really quick and I like got up and I went to the bathroom that nobody goes into because we're all not going to go to the bathroom you know on a bus bus. and I go in there and I'm listening to it and she's you know "Ah, ah, ah," you know all this stuff and I'm like I am embarrassed I'm like oh no (laughs) and then I, I, I came out again right after that scene and everybody just turns around looks at me as they would have normally because we're watching a movie and somebody's coming out of the back room you just kind of normally look but i took it as oh my god i'm so embarrassed they fucking <laughs> you know yeah, why would i blaming you for it yeah oh so i hear you man i would go to my aunt and uncle's house and they had hbo and i would watch real sex when they were asleep on this show called real sex on yeah, hbo i've heard of it and i would it's weird Sometimes it's good, and most of the times it's weird. Yeah, I but remember. it showed boobs, and and I was I was into that. You know, my mom and dad would say, "Well, you're gonna go to stay at your aunt and uncle's house. Sweet, I get to see boobs tonight." <laughs> they have HBO uh, yeah.
0: um, over at my uh, biological father's house. There's, I'll just call him Roy, my stepdad. Yeah. That's dad. There you go. Um, but biological father is just so long, and <laughs> I'll just call him Roy. Um. So anytime we'd go to Roy's house, uh, he wasn't Mormon. So, Mm. I mean, like, we'd walk into his house and he'd have, like, playboys on his coffee table like it was fucking highlights for kids. When we were at a dentist office. Like, that's, I mean, (laughs) he'd be like, I'll be with you in a minute, Tabor. Go ahead. (laughs) Help yourself to some pornography. Oh, my God. (laughs) So there's porn everywhere. And I would, like, flip through it. And and I knew that, you know, I must have been like, what? nine years old oh it's I kn- the best dude! You're, you're ready i knew that it wasn't you know something that i was supposed to be looking at so i'd like i'd be like leaning over the couch flipping through pages and then <laughs> an adult would walk by and i'd like flip it back under yep, the couch yep. um and he, you know they had satellite and cable and stuff like that so they had cinemax and all those late night softcore porn uh you know, TV shows, and the Red
1: Shoe Diaries.
0: Oh, just all sorts of smut, and I'd invite my buddy Trent over. I grew up on that smut. Yeah, <laughs> that's what made us the men we are today. <laughs> um, I, I'd invite Trent over, and we'd sit there and we'd watch, um, we'd watch porn, and. Uh, <laughs> What, you don't watch porn with a buddy?
1: <laughs> oh, I laugh because that's just how everybody starts watching porn, is with their buddies. It's
0: with a buddy. <laughs> so weird. At what age do you like, are you like, well, I should do this alone?
1: <laughs> yeah, I get, I, you know what it is? It's, it's when you get your own. Like, yeah. when I when I was a kid, you just didn't go online. It was a VHS, so I was like, when I have my own VHS, I would definitely rather watch this alone. Yeah. But because I don't have my own.
0: You gotta share it with I gotta your share it. Um, and then what... Uh. You know there was definitely no porn allowed in my in my parents house so what I would do is um I'd go to Trent's house and he had like 50 magazines stashed away that he had stolen from people or stolen from gas stations or whatever and I would uh I would get um the magazines that he had and he'd be like yeah look through them And I would take the pages that I liked a lot and I'd rip them out and I folded them up to just about the length of my shoe.
1: Just to the length of your shoe?
0: Just the length of my shoe. And then I'd lift up the sole of my shoe and I'd stuff stuff all my porn inside my shoe and then put the insole back so that basically I was walking on my porn everywhere I went. (laughs) So if I needed it, I'd just take off my shoe, bump it open, you know. And just pull out my porn and then fold it back up, stick it back in my shoe.
1: I remember my friends and I would go dumpster diving. Correction. My friend Rye would go dumpster diving. And, and, you, and I would be him. with him. I'd watch him. And it was, it was me, Rye, and Roger. And we would go behind Hastings on Fairview and Cole. Well, it's not there anymore. And we would find these little itty-bitty brochure magazines with naked ladies on it. And it was called Taboo. And so we were like, ah, oh, I wonder if there's any taboo back here today. You know, and, and one time we found like six Playboys just just sitting in the dumpster. And uh we had an above above ground pool growing up in the backyard and we uh I I went and had a had a box of these Playboys and I like dug a hole. Oh jeez. You- and then I buried the Playboys and I and I covered it back over and the next day my dog had it. Like dug up. Oh, jeez. I was like, damn it.
0: I don't know why, but that reminds me of that John Mulaney bit. Hey, mister, I found your treasure. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, and I was really, as a kid, I was really quick to be like, there rise.
0: <laughs> you threw him
1: under the oh, bus yeah. immediately. Oh, yeah. Well, because my parents didn't really talk to his parents. But my parents and Roger's parents were involved because we all bowled together, you know, as a bowling family growing up. And so I knew that if I said it was rise, that was it. And that was that. Maybe Rye couldn't come over for a little while, but (laughs) he'd be banned from the house. Yeah, but we but we would we would find other ways to hang out. Oh yeah, I was quick to him like yeah. I was keeping him, hiding him. I was hiding him for Rye.
0: (laughs) Your pornography dealer. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, when I turned eighteen, I was just like, sweet, I can buy my own porn now. And um, did you go to the Over
1: Nineteen store?
0: I didn't. I went to which is a weird name. Yeah, Over Nineteen. I went to uh, gas stations. And I just go by, you know, just a bunch of Playboys or Hustlers.
1: Oh, shit.
0: And um, my carpet was ripped up. And so, like, I would lift up the carpet and stuff everything oh! under there. And for years, for years, that was the one of the best. I mean, I finally got caught i never got caught hiding porn in my shoes that like that one never got I never well got who caught. would
1: think to look for porn in your shoe
0: no one i don't even i think i'm the only one who's ever done that
1: i never heard of that a day in my life and i'm pretty good at hiding shit
0: yeah so, <laughs> so, so like i mean you'd have to look up look at folded up porn but you know it's, yeah. it's not that much of a trade-off it's not that oh, big of a no. deal uh but i hid all my magazines and i even had a girls gone wild like bonus dvd yeah and um and i hid it under there and so basically it was like one magazine per like square inch of carpet so that you wouldn't notice and somehow my fucking dad dude
1: (laughs) well he was looking for born two
0: well he found it he found some but you know who the fuck cleans under the carpet that's nailed down and i i don't even know how he probably walked
1: over and was like This feels like I'm walking on top of magazines and DVD covers.
0: Yeah, I feel like I'm walking on an eighth of an inch of something. What is this? What
1: what is this? Is this drugs? Oh my God, it's worse. It's porn. Oh
0: gosh, I got in so much trouble.
1: I bet you did. Well, You were 18. How long did it take for you to actually move out of the house?
0: Um, I moved out of the house uh, at about
1: 19. Then you could just keep your porn behind the toilet.
0: Oh, I have. I've never even
1: G- thought. You of You never that. had those days. No, I've had those days where my porn was behind my toilet. When uh, girls would come over, they'd be like, "What? Why? Do you, is that a hustler?" And I'm like, "Yep, yes, it is. I like sex. <laughs> I would be all proud, proud of it. I'm like, yes, that is mine, it, and it, I can.
0: And if that's a problem, then this isn't gonna <laughs> work. That, 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 yeah, that's like my defense mechanism. It's like, it's like
1: you just let me do what I want to do.
0: It was all on phones. It was all on the internet. Oh, yeah. Actually, I remember having a smartphone that wasn't quite capable of watching porn. Me too.
1: It was called a house phone. Yeah.
0: Um, You know, I had an Android. It was like one of the very first couple of Androids, and you had to have Flash Player on it to watch anything. But now, you know, I don't even think I use a laptop at all anymore. I think I strictly use my phone.
1: My phone's the phone's not bad. I, I I do dig the iPad or some sort of tablet because it's just a bigger phone, and yeah. it's it's better. You know, bigger bigger's screen. better. Yeah. So you got the porn down when you're at your house by yourself. You, you figured that out. What about comedy? You 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 are a comedian. So like with you growing up in a Mormon household, I know you said you guys had rated our movies and sex was the, the was the number one no no. What were the Ba- what were the raunchy comedians that you didn't want your parents to know you listened to?
0: I did not listen to stand-up comedy at all. No? As a, as a youngster. That's a, such a weird thing to say, youngster. Um,
1: <laughs> you old fucker.
0: I know. Um, I Stand-up comedy was not a thing in my house. Um, I remember the first time I ever saw stand-up comedy. It was on HBO and it was Deaf Comedy
1: Jam. That's what's up.
0: And I saw, you know, all these these crazy guys walking back and forth on stage and yelling at the audience and the audience was laughing and I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? I mean I was like six. so I don't I don't think I said what the fuck is this guy doing. But I was just like, This guy is making these people laugh and they're just watching him and I was like, I I, I don't I've never even seen what this is before. Yeah. And so seeing comedy for the first time was kind of like a strange concept. And then Tales from the Crypt came on immediately after and I was like Fuck it, going to bed. Like I, yeah, that scared me too when I was a kid. My mom would use Tales from the Crypt to put me to bed, as like a she's like, "You better go to bed," or I'm turning it on, and like you'd hear the Crypt Keeper laugh, and I'd be like, "Nope, uh,
1: thanks, mom. I guess I'm going to bed, but I'm not sleeping."
0: I love scary movies, but to this day, anytime I hear the Tales from the Crypt theme song and I hear the Crypt Keeper's laugh, it sends this like subconscious shiver up my spine. Like it's to this day, like I know it's a fucking puppet. I'm afraid of a fucking puppet
1: man, I'm afraid of mice. <laughs> they can't do shit to me. Yeah. I'm afraid of spiders. I'm afraid of a lot. Scary scary shit when I was a kid intrigued me, but man, did it scare the fucking piss out of me. Yeah.
0: So that was Deaf Comedy Jam was the first stand up I'd ever seen.
1: If you if I could put you into your headspace right now to that time, the first time you saw comedy, who's the first face that you see? Who's that who's that comedian? Uh. I think it's Sinbad. Okay, there you go. I love it, dude. Sinbad. I'll tell you mine, Jeff Foxworthy. Really? I'm not ashamed to say it. I uh, I grew up on Jeff Foxworthy. That was the first one I ever got into.
0: Yeah. You so. know what's really funny is that I think Sinbad was the very first stand-up comedian I ever saw. But to this day, I haven't gone back and watched him. Me either. Yeah.
1: I, I haven't seen an Eddie Murphy. I haven't seen Raw or Delirious since I was probably 14 or 15. But my dad had the tape on top of our dishwasher, and I wasn't supposed to listen to it, but a fucking, of course I did, yeah. you know? And uh you know, so remember that, too. It's really
0: funny, as I saw Raw maybe eight years ago. Yeah? Raw, no, because I'd already started stand-up.
1: The Red or the Blue? Uh,
0: I watched both of them, um, and, you know, I thought they were hilarious at the time, but then I've seen clips, like, today, and I'm like... It's very cringy now, you know, with the whole, you know, change in PC culture and stuff like Absolutely, that. Absolutely, man. You Anything
1: you watch from that time is going to be a little bit oof.
0: Like Andrew Dice Clay and Sam Kinison, those 80s comics are like I when I watched them cuz I used to love Kinison like when I first started. I loved Kinison and I loved Andrew Dice I still love Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, um, he's a he's a guilty pleasure of mine. But the very first uh, comedian that I ever consciously watched was Dane Cook I I had gotten into acting I started I I, um, I did acting in school And I decided Oh this is what I'm going to do I'm going to be an actor Okay And I had a buddy named Jared um, And he Thought I was You know a, a good actor You know I don't know if I'm a good actor I, I think I'm decent Yeah But you know That could just be my ego talking I could be absolutely terrible But you know, this this kid was you know, he thought I was hilarious and um he's just like, you know what, hey, you should listen to Dane Cook. And I was like, Who's Dane Cook? He's like, He's a stand up comedian and I was like, Oh, I've heard of this stand up stuff. Let's uh <laughs> uh-huh. let's give this a try. Yeah. So he played me Dane Cook. It was um what album was it? I think it was Harmful If Swallowed.
1: Okay. Yeah, I've never listened to that one. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I only listened to Vicious Circle. Dane Cook was great. Uh, for his time, and I, I mean he's a, he's a great comedian, but for his time, he was really good for that. Uh, I was in my early twenties, early to mid twenties, when he started to get big, and so I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" And yeah. I remember at first, I really, I really pushed back. I wasn't really fond of him, and uh, and it took me a while. I was like, "All right, all right, I like him. I like him." Um, so who's your Dane Cook? Every generation has a comedian that
0: I I would say is their Dane Cook. So like this generation's dane cook is kevin hart
1: oh shit every all
0: the kids are like hey you gotta listen to kevin hart and they'll pull out their kevin hart cds and listen cds they'll pull out their (laughs) Their downloads yeah they'll pull out their phones and play you some kevin hart you know my generation was dane cook uh 60s and 70s i'd say was you know Pryor and carlin that's their dane cook Actually, I should probably say Dane Cook is my Carlin. Yeah. I shouldn't say Car- <laughs> Carlin is their generation's Dane Cook.
1: My generation growing up, and I could be completely wrong, but this is how I feel about it and how I felt about it at the time. I, When I was 10, it was 94. So from 10 to 15, so from 94 to 99, I don't think comedy was doing too much. There was a lot of people, but there wasn't anybody who was, like, sweeping the nation.
0: Oh, that's because that's when the dry spell happened. It was the dry spell. So
1: I didn't have a Dane Cook growing up. It was the
0: crash. Nobody was, you know.
1: I had the older people. So, like, my Dane Cook, I remember when I was 18, Robin Williams did his Live on Broadway in 2002. That was my, like, mind-blowing, what-the-fuck special. And, um... And, but before that, like I said, when I was real little, Jeff Foxworthy was big, but I don't remember there being that one guy, Yeah, you know, that didn't, that didn't happen until 2003 when Fluffy came on the scene and yeah. then it was like, oh shit, stand up, Yeah, you know, um, at least for me. And I, I mean, I watched comedy all growing up, but it wasn't new comedy. I watched all. Growing up, I watched a lot of older specials. I watched, you know, Eddie Murphy, Jeff Foxworthy. Um, I remember watching um, uh, uh, Mark Maron. I remember watching.
0: Oh gosh, you watched Mark Maron back in the day? Oh yeah, dude. Oh, but shit. I did I didn't know what was
1: going on. I. It's funny. I didn't even know who it was. It was Mark Maron until I went back on YouTube and watched an old clip from the mid '90s, and I was like, "That was Mark Maron." Oh, because I you, remember he his long even hair. Look like the same guy. Nope, nope. But yeah, I remember. I remember him. You if if you're talking
0: about Long Hair I, I think I know what you're talking about. You're talking about his 30 uh, 30 minute special on Probably um, on HBO. On HBO?
1: Yeah. 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 I uh,
0: love I love his 30 minute. I bet he hates them. Yeah. But I love those 30 minute specials from him.
1: I grew up on Cosby. I mean, I know that's that, that's not great now and I'm not a fan of him anymore, but like as far as his comedy and what he did, I remember taking speech class in in the ninth grade and my speech teacher Played his special Cosby as himself, and we watched it twice. I don't know, I don't remember why we watched it twice. I think he was trying to show us. We watched it, and then he talked to us about how he was presenting his stuff, and then we watched it again. But that blew me away.
0: Are you friends with uh Alex, um, on Facebook Davenport? Alex Davenport, yeah, yeah. uh, he posted something um the other day where he got a rejection letter from. One of the clubs he auditioned for. Oh shit! And I don't know if you saw it, but in the uh, in the rejection letter, uh, the, the club owner ended up saying he's just like, "You got some L.A. on you." Mm. He's just like, "You're telling these long stories, and your setups are way too long." And it's just like that's the style in L.A., but you're in New York now, and you gotta shorten those setups, mm-hmm. and you gotta stick those punches. Yeah, punch it up. It's just like you gotta. It's like you know, practice some New York style comedy, and then I'll I'll give you another audition.
1: Yeah, dude, I love that. I love that. You know, there was a comedian that came in from L.A. this last week, and apparently, he's a pro wrestler too. Um, I want to say it was Eric Escobar. That I sounds think. familiar. And um, yeah, dude, he was on stage. He came from L.A. He was on stage, and he's like, "I used to be a pro wrestler," and I was like, "What the fuck?" Uh, I mean, I, I knew that. I knew that there were more of us out there. But I just it, I I didn't know, and he just all of a sudden started with his awesome set about how he was a pro wrestler, and I, I I didn't I never even got a chance to talk to him, but like uh, it was really crazy. I I just, and it, here in Boise for sure you're not going to hear a lot about that, but I guess in LA maybe that's more of a thing. Yeah. I was just I was just surprised. I didn't. Uh, I just didn't, didn't. I told everybody, and I went on stage. I was like, yeah. I was like, I used to be pro pro wrestler too. I said. It's very rare you get uh, two Expo wrestlers who are stand-up comedians in the same room, so make a wish. It was <laughs> very rare.
0: We told ourselves we weren't going to get any more. Did you? And then Fallon's friend is just like, hey, my dog's trying to kill him, so they can't live with me anymore.
1: Damn. And I was just like, all
0: right, let's take him. And Fallon's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, because... Where the hell else are they going to yeah. go? We know that if they come live with us, they'll have a good life.
1: Rats were so smart, but I just, I'm so afraid of them. Now, if you, before Fallon, did you have rats? Did not. No. It was
0: definitely Fallon who got me into the rats. Really?
1: Yeah. Did you take to them right away or did it nope. take you? No.
0: Nope. <laughs> it took me a while. The, the thing that got me the most was their ball sacks. Really? Their little ball sacks weirded me out.
1: I never saw. I I've ever seen rat ball sack. It, the, <laughs> um, whenever, Is it the same like texture as the tail?
0: No, it's huh. it's it's like the same texture as our ball sack, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. Um, the uh, our uh, our rat Gandalf, um, he'd walk around the living room was his basically. Yeah. And <laughs> I remember one time my roommate was sitting on the floor playing video games, and Gandalf just climbed up him, and then just like rubbed his balls on his face. He's just like. That's, nope. He's like, no, no rodent balls. Oh,
1: now, are they are they nice? Do they bite? Do they, how
0: does that work? They're all nice. I've only been bit once. And that
1: was from. Oh, it's Bianca. I was like, I, she... I hear snoring <laughs> yeah, in the she's... mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bianca, you're so loud girl. Um,
0: I got bit by Bilbo and that was because he was old and he was kind of starting to get a little senile. And yeah. He, and he, you know, I went to pick him up and he's like, oh, what was that? And he, and he bit me and he's just like, oh, I'm sorry. That was you. And I was like, it's okay, buddy. I understand. Did you drop a lot? Um, a little
1: bit. Did it, how did it feel? Do they have sharp teeth or is it like. They're, they're sharp. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's like a, I don't know. It's like if you ever hit yourself on something and you're just like, oh, that hurt. And then you keep going and then you're just like, oh shit, it's bleeding. Like that's really what it is. It was like a sharp pain. But you didn't think that it was ever going to draw blood and then you look and there's like a little bit of blood there oh
1: shit yeah that's i'm always afraid of twitchy things so i think that's why rodents i don't work well with rodents because they're 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 too twitchy
0: wild rodents are twitchy yeah uh, and we have one that's twitchy and the two new ones are twitchy but that's just because they're new okay and i don't know what their personalities are like you know when the dust settles how they're going to be <laughs> we have one he's a hairless and he, whenever he gets bullied, he gets pissed off, and he'll climb up my shoulder and just sit there and just huff and puff until he kind of cools off, and then he'll and then he'll leave. He's got such a temper. Damn, I've never had a rat with a temper until him. It's it's so weird that they got these little person. He's hairless.
1: i have a fucking temper too.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we have a we one of the new girls that we got. She's hairless and she's very gentle and kind, and he's just like. Wow. He gets really huffy, and um, um, the two new ones before these two, we went to the animal shelter, and there was these two boys hanging out in the shelter, and founds like we can't leave them in the shelter. We we got to stop going to the animal shelter. I got to stop. We yeah. have like forty rats in the house. <laughs> um, we're back to eight. The most we've ever had is eight, and now we're back to eight. Oh wow!
1: So what are the what are the names of the rats right now?
0: The current lineup who's <laughs> <The current, laughs> your roster yeah the current lineup is from oldest to youngest uh dolly and lilo and daisy they're my three girls so okay. i i bought some girls when fallon and i weren't living together so she had four boys gotcha. and i had four girls so um dolly um lilo and daisy are my girls and then we have posco who's our hairless and then gloves and sleeves are our shelter boys <sighs> And it was so funny. We called them gloves and sleeves because one had little white gloves and one had little white sleeves. And we called them gloves and sleeves to differentiate between the two which one was which. And now they're just gloves and sleeves. That's That's cool. That's their names. And (laughs) and then the two new ones, we don't have names for them yet because the names that this girl gave them are um, Francis and something else. And we kind of don't like those names. Francis. Francis. Francis is the hairless. So we might, oh, that's a great name for a hairless rat, <laughs> Francis. So we might we might switch out the names, um, but they're tiny. They're like this big. They're babies. Oh shit, they're little
1: babies. I wouldn't mind seeing them one day. I you know I remember my friend Brandon growing up. He had rats when we were like twelve, and I would try to get them to like climb on my arm or like in my hand, and their little claws would fuck me up. Oh yeah, Do you it's... see you see
0: the scratches on my yeah. Um, Today at the vet, Lilo jumped on my shoulder and climbed inside my shirt to get away from the vet. Wow. And they have little sharp claws, man. Fuck yeah, they do. We tried to trim them, but it takes an hour to trim one rat's claws, and by that time, you're just fucking done.
1: I feel like rodents are always on the verge of exploding and going rabid. (laughs) I know that's not true. I know that's irrational, but that, because as we're sitting here talking, I'm trying to figure out what is my fear. Because the way you talk about your rats is great. It's like the way I talk about my dogs. Oh,
0: they're little puppies. Yeah, exactly. That's basically, the closest a rat is to a normal domestic pet is
1: a dog. Dude, my buddy has they they just got rid of it. Well, they sent it to their sister's house. My my buddy with my Nintendo. Yeah, went to go live on yeah, the farm yeah, on the farm with the Atari and the Nintendo. <laughs> I um they got a hamster named Pancake and it was a gerbil it was a gerbil oh. named Pancake and they he want to hold it and it was it was his his like five-year-old and she's like you want to hold it and I was like I don't want to be like no get that thing away from me which is yeah. what I was thinking yeah. um, just because I'm afraid of it and so she puts it in my hands and I have it against my belly and I'm just like my, my shoulders are up I'm trying to like I'm trying to calm down because like I don't want it to think that I'm scared, so it's gonna like start attacking me, <laughs> and 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 so they ha- I have it in my hand, and I'm feeling its claws, and I'm feeling the weight of it, and and it's and it's breathing, and I can feel it, you know, the <laughs> as they breathe, mm-hmm. dude, fuck me up. I was like, please, somebody take this out of my hand. I was freaking out. <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. I just, they,
0: oh, roads fuck me up. And it's really dependent on personality too. Like Gandalf, you would have gotten along really, um, we ended up slipping some pot gummies to Gandalf. (laughs) And he, like, they got such a fast metabolism, it hit him immediately. Damn. And so he's just sitting there laying on his back and he never lays on his back. He's just laying on his back and he's just rubbing his tummy and he's grabbing food from the bowl. And so then he ends up just laying on his back underneath the water bottle and just all day just licking water slowly from the water bottle while he's on his back, never moving, just laying on his back. And it was the most chill I've ever seen Gandhi in his life. All right, I guess we could have been friends. Yeah, and we yeah. gave we gave Bilbo some pot gummies, but that was to help you know with the pain. He yeah. he was paralyzed from the waist down, and he was Jeez. he was hurting. So. Whew give him the whole gummy bear at that point yeah we gave him some gummies and it helped him relax and you know he would nap and that's all we did was bilbo would we'd i'd go get bilbo and we'd go sit on the couch and he'd wrap up in the blankets and we just watch tv together and how long was he like that for uh a couple months actually uh we took him in and he got steroid injections and um after the steroid injections his legs came back and he had his legs again for like another month and and then after a while the steroid injection stopped working and the doctor's just like um he's like the steroids helped keep him alive this long and you know He's suffering. Yeah. 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 Damn man. They don't live very long. Two they years. Don't? So Are you serious? If they have a two year lifespan. And so if they make it to two and then they start getting it. It's just like, you know, an 80-year-old man. Wow. They start getting their health issues. That's the one That's the one negative about rats is that you lose them so quickly. You got to make every minute with them count.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm, I'm thinking of right now as we're talking about rats? And I think this is actually a mouse. That's what I'm about to talk about. But there's this movie when I used to watch when I was a kid called The Witches. And uh, these witches were trying to take over this... Home, school home for kids or this town i don't really remember exactly what they're trying to take over but they turn this little boy into a mouse and he spends the whole movie trying to trying to expose them but he's this little mouse yeah anyways i've been thinking about that the whole time we've been talking about rats.
0: <laughs> um it, it's it's just really funny is like, i got another rodent story that has nothing to do with my rats um fallon and i were out looking for cars um doing some car shopping And we went to this place here in Nampa and we're talking to the dealer and we're just like, we're just kind of looking, you know, we're not really interested in talking to a salesman right now. And it's just like, all right, well, my name's Greg. If you need anything, just let let me know. know. Yep. And so we're just like, yeah, thanks, Greg. And we turn and we're like, what do you think of this car? And it's just like, yeah, it's pretty good. And then we turn. Greg's gone. Oh, shit. Seconds. And we're just like, whoa, he just freaking disappeared. What happened to Greg? (laughs) And then all of a sudden... We see this big brown thing come barreling out from one of the cars. It's a freaking marmot. And then I get home from work, and I'm sitting on the couch for like about an hour before I have to go to bed and you know do it all over again the next day. Um, so I'm on my phone and I'm reading Cracked. You know all those awesome articles on Cracked. And the article was five crazy ways that animals in nature find to get high. And number one was marmots and i was like what the hell and apparently the marmots will go under car and rip open a bunch of the wires and bust open the antifreeze and then they'll drink the antifreeze and then just get fucking shit faced on antifreeze what's a marmot it's like a big giant gopher Oh shit! Yeah, it's like a fat, chunky gopher. That's scary. Like a gopher that you you know that doesn't know when to cut itself off, wow. and so they'll pop open the antifreeze and just suck the antifreeze out of your car, and then they'll just lay under your car and trip balls for hours.
1: What What's the name of it again? A marmot. I'm like the human version of a marmot. <laughs> yeah, I'm and, just balls of the wall, and
0: so. Um, but they discovered that antifreeze doesn't have the same effect on marmots as it does with other animals. Other animals will die if they drink antifreeze, like we will die if we drink antifreeze, but But to them, their body instead turns it into like a psychedelic and they'll sit there and they'll trip. And a lot of people that live in like Oregon and stuff, they know this about the marmots. Mm -hmm. So instead of, you know, letting the marmots get under their car and rip it off and, you know, start drinking the antifreeze, they'll set out a little bowl of antifreeze just outside, to catch them outside no just just so that they can get their high and, oh, and take off and not fuck the car up and not fuck the car up oh it's, damn <laughs> basically the article said it's like a it's like a rodent methadone clinic they're just like <laughs> it's like a safe way for them to get what they need and then get on their way
1: <laughs> have you ever taken psychedelics we, i think we, i think in private we've talked about this before but i can't remember our exact answers
0: i've taken shrooms once did I tell you my story about that? I don't that? think so. Yeah, I want, I want to hear it. Um, I um, it was a single shroom, like like just a cap and a stem.
1: Just a cap and a stem. Um, How big was it?
0: It was about this big,
1: about so, an inch, two inches. Awesome. So okay, so about two inches long. Okay, I like that. Okay, keep going.
0: So I was in uh, when back when I first started doing comedy, I was living in Texas. That's when I, that's where I got my start was Texas. Where? Uh Corpus Christi. <laughs> yeah, you, you you've heard my jokes. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so. You took mushrooms
1: for the first time in Corpus Corpus Christi, Texas. No, oh. actually,
0: no. Yeah, I did take it in Corpus. And I'm
1: getting ahead. Keep going. My bad.
0: Um. So um, my buddy Nick and Shane, the same, the same Shane. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, the one that slept with my girlfriend. <laughs> um, Damn. He's just like, hey, we're going to San Antonio <coughs> to do an open mic. You want to come with? And I was like, absolutely. So we drove the two hour drive all the way to San Antonio. And long story short, all of us just eat shit. They put us up like last. All the audience is tired. They don't care anymore. Afterwards, you know, I was feeling like shit. And I, you know, I was just starting to figure out what bombing was because, you know, in Corpus Christi, you know, I was still really fresh and, you know, people were a lot more lenient. Yeah. They, they were willing to accept your failure. Yeah. They were, you know, willing to, you know, give me a little more leeway and San Antonio was like, you know, a legit club and you know, it was late at night. Oh gosh. It was like midnight by the time we went up. Mm. It was, you know, the mic went way too long and they let all their people go first. And it, it was, it was really rough. Yeah. Um, so we're, Walking down the s, es- they got an escalator. <laughs> we're walking down the escalator to get back to our vehicle, and uh, this guy in a trench coat comes up to me, and he's like, "Hey, man, you did good up there." And I know that you know a guy in a trench coat is never a good like I. Th- I thought this was a like cartoon thing that happened. I didn't know that people in trench coats really approached you. I didn't know that that was really a thing. Um, and he's like, "You did really good up there, man. I thought you were the funniest one." I was like, "Oh, thanks." thanks a lot man and he's like i got something for you i was like he's gonna shoot me
1: <laughs> or shank me
0: yeah and he reaches into his trench coat and he pulls out a, a plastic baggie with three shrooms and he's just like this is for you man i was like what he's like yeah thanks man i really i really appreciate this and so we get in the the truck and um i was like dude that guy just gave me shrooms and everyone was like dude nice and i was like should i take them and they're just like man a a two-hour drive to uh, back to Corpus Christi is not the place you want to take. Mushrooms. You want to take mushrooms. I was like, yeah. Were you yeah. driving? I wasn't driving. Oh, I, then you're good. I, I was the passenger. <laughs> <laughs> so I saved them, and I held on to him for about a week. And then um, at the next open mic in Corpus, I went up to my buddy Rocky, and I said, hey, this guy gave me some shrooms in San Antonio. And I held on to them for a while, but I'm kind of scared to use them. So I don't think I'm going to take them. I was like, you can have them. And he goes, what? I was like, yeah, you can have these shrooms. I, he's like, I don't, I don't want them. He's like, you're just straight up giving me shrooms. Like no, no strings attached. You're just giving them to me for free? And I was like, yep. And he's just like, well, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. And I was like, yeah, not a problem, buddy. And I go to walk away. And he's like, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. And he goes, I know that as soon as you walk away that you're going to regret giving these to me because you didn't try them. So here. He reaches into the bag and hands me one of the cabs. He's like, I'll give you one. And it's just like, just so that there's no remorse afterwards and you still get to try it. i yeah. like, I probably won't, but, you know, thanks, buddy. Yeah, and he's just like, yeah, that. not a problem, man. And so I held on to it for about another week, and after a while, I was just like, "You know what? I got the day off. Let's do this." Yeah. And so I, um, I didn't know how to take it, so I just did. You know, I just took it. You know, the way that a Mormon thinks a mushroom should be taken. And Emily. I, no, I ordered a pizza. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So I ordered a pizza, just threw it on top of my pizza and I ate it. And I was like, all right, let's do this. And so I sat there for a while. and I was like, man, I'm not feeling anything. And I was like, shit, maybe I should I should watch some porn. So I turned on the porn. <laughs> so I turned on the porn. I love it already. <laughs> turned on the porn hoping that it'll kick in. And I'm just like, damn, nothing's happening. This is this is, you know, really too bad. And um so I sat there for a couple hours, and I was like, you know what? It was a fucking dud. God damn it. It was like, I'm going to bed. And so I go, and I lay down in bed, and I turn on my white noise, which is just, like, my laptop playing, like, shower sounds. Yeah. Um, you know, this is bad to admit, but in, in Corpus, sometimes I would actually turn on my shower. And, okay. And run my... Sh- and, like, just fall asleep with the shower on, and gotcha. then wake up eight hours later and turn the shower. Such damn. a Such a waste of water. Yeah, but man. I, but I wasn't paying the water bill, so... Yeah
1: when you're young too you don't realize that kind of shit when you're yeah. when you're just getting on your own you you don't realize that stuff yeah. at least I didn't
0: so yeah um so I turn on my shower and then I'm sitting there under my blankets and I'm trying to sleep and I was like god damn it I can't fucking sleep with all these colors everywhere uh oh whoa <laughs> All of a sudden it starts kicking in and I start seeing things and it would like, I don't think it was an, a very intense trip, yeah, but it was still very weird. You microdosed. Yes. Yeah, still seeing things move. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to, I need to call somebody. So I called my, my girlfriend at the time and I was like, uh, I wanted to have phone sex with her, but she didn't answer cause she was probably having real sex with somebody else. And, um, so I sat there. And I was just like, you know what? I can't have phone sex with her. So I know what I'll do. So I got my tape recorder that I used for comedy and I recorded having phone sex with her over the recording. And I was like, I'll just send it to her later. (laughs) (laughs) And so I recorded like a two hour long sex tape that was basically just me
1: making noises. Oh
0: yeah. And I don't, I, it's gotta be somewhere. If I can (laughs) find, if I can find that tape recorder, I still have, I still have that on the tape recorder somewhere. It's it, oh, it was so weird.
1: It was so, so... so the whole time, did you just do the recording or did you, did you go walk around anywhere? Or were you just kind of in your room?
0: I was in my room for the entire trip. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's crazy. And that's man.
0: the only other time. I mean, that's the only time I've done.
1: Shows. Any aspirations to do, to do it again? Definitely.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I'm positive that I have some shit within me that I need to work out. Hell yeah,
1: man. It'll bring it out. That's for sure. But it's a good thing. I got, you know, I used, to, I used to say psychedelics are for, are, are for everybody. Um, I learned, I know now that that's not necessarily the, 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 the truth. I think that um, psychedelics are a good tool. Um, and if that's a tool that you need to use to fix something, then you use that tool. Some people don't need that tool or don't, not that they don't need it. Some people um, don't require that tool to fix anything. Some people are just cool with not going deep. You know what I mean? Like some people are just cool with not doing that at all. But I think Think they're afraid of what they'll see on on the inside. Yes. On some level. I think a lot of times people just don't, um, some people just don't care. I think that there are, there are things inside of us everybody that want to that want answers and want to know clarity and want to know what maybe 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 not the meaning of life but like what's i want to peek behind the veil just a little bit so i can see a little bit more of things i'm not supposed to see yet because i'm alive i like to do that some people don't like that Some, some people are really cool with not trying to open up doors and figure out puzzles yeah. Some people are just cool with not doing that, and I, I don't get it. <laughs> but, but but I know that they that they just don't, they don't really care about that. So psychedelics, um, anybody can take them, but they're not for everybody because some people just don't. And who knows if you don't want one, if you don't want psychedelics, and you take it, and it, it'll probably open your mind and blow you away, which is great. But some people just don't They don't even want to get into it. Yeah, you know, and it's not even for for moral reasons or it's illegal or what they've been taught. They're just like. No, I'm cool. I like this. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, I, and I, to me, the cool thing about psychedelics is it doesn't take you outside of reality; it takes you further within. So a lot of uh, a lot of people that I've talked to in the past and just you know throughout time that are not into psychedelics that have things against psychedelics, it's just fear based from what they've been taught as a kid. And I was there. Fuck, man! I remember being in high school and my buddy brandon was like hey man we were in french class and he like he's next to me he's like hey man hey um i'm gonna go try uh pot again today after school with you know evan and a few people do you want to come and this is like my good friend like my really good friend and i was like i i I felt so betrayed like i was like you what (laughs) you what you're gonna do true yeah and he was like do you want to do you want to try it with me and i and I, remember, I remember it was quiet in class and i just belted out a big loud no <laughs> and like the whole class was like what the fuck and i was like sorry and i was like no <laughs> dude i don't want to do that why why do you want to do that you know i was there too i was there too but once you kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit you're like oh oh It's nothing crazy. It's just what happens behind the scenes.
0: I get (laughs) Get it. You know, what's really funny is going through school and going through the D.A.R.E. program and all that stuff. They're constantly telling you, you got to watch out for drug dealers, man. Watch out for drug dealers. And now that I'm an adult, like most of my friends are drug dealers. Yeah. (laughs) I was just like, I just went went to my my pot dealer's son's christening the other day. He's a a good guy. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's so funny. It's, you know... I get that they don't want kids to have. It. I don't want kids to have drugs either, but the the education part of it is not what it needs to be. It's it's not drugs are bad. It's these is what this is what drugs are. It, if we're going to teach that drugs are bad, we should teach that food is bad. We should teach that a lot of other things that you can abuse are bad. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying that heroin's good. I'm not saying that cracks good. I'm just saying that it doesn't need to be. This thing that we're afraid of because that's what makes us want to do it. I don't know, man. I just know so many people who who I grew up with who are drug addicts. Like, like I'm an addict. Fuck yeah. I'm an addict for a bunch of things. Food. Oh. Any, anything that's going to make me pleasurable, I'm an addict with. That's my toughest one, man, is food and sugar. Oh, food's so bad, dude. That's why I started keto last week because I wanted to do something. I I, I want to try something else. Um
0: I've been doing keto for three months, almost three months, and I am su- I'm very surprised at how well my self control is holding up. That's good. I yeah. mean, la- last week I had a McFlurry two days in a row.
1: Damn! But <laughs> threw you right out of ketosis. Yeah. Mm-hmm, but it, I feel like the, the ketogenic diet is like the new. It's, it's 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 the new thing that people are going to be irritated about when you talk about like i just like said vegan it takes you out of ketosis and like oh oh you're one of those now too ketosis <laughs>
0: and it's like look it's a meat vegan is what it is It's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> yeah, the you know? keto diet you're a meat vegan yeah um and I, I totally, you know, I totally understand where you're coming from. I, I never tell people, you know, that I, yeah. I said it on sh- stage because geno. I wanted to
1: write jokes about it, but I don't just bring it up in conversation. Cause yeah. it's like, I don't, am not going to be that guy. Yeah.
0: But you know what uh, Derek told me, um, and I've, I've seen it to be true that, you know, the longer that you're in ketosis and if you knock yourself out of it, it's way easier to get back in than if you knock yourself out of ketosis and you've only been doing keto for one day. Oh yeah. So, yeah. you know keto for three months and then you knock yourself out of it versus keto for you know a day and then knock yourself out of it not too bad like i'm i'm positive that i'm already back into
1: ketosis that's cool i got a peace trip if you want to check (laughs) i would love to okay i would love to actually yeah Yeah. I'll, i'll give you peace trip um (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I want to be doing it for a little less than two weeks. And I checked it. Like I got the peace strips in the mail a couple days ago. And I was like, yes, I'm in ketosis. Yeah! Even though I've heard a lot of things about the, the the test strips, like they're not reliable, whatever. It made me feel happy. I was like, it's dark red. Not my pee, but the, the color on the stick. I was going
0: to say, if your pee's dark red, <laughs> there's a problem there. No, no, that
1: means I'm going to ketosis. If you're not peeing blood, you're not in ketosis, bro. You're
0: not doing it right.
1: Let me ask you something. You've been doing keto for three months. Is your pee red? It is. Oh, oh it is. Oh, It, it is. It is. Okay, definitely. Okay, well, then my pee
0: is definitely red.
1: Okay. Well, then you're legit. You're legit. <laughs> 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 it, it
0: turned back to a clear color after the McFlurry, but I'm back. Yeah,
1: It's back to being but red I'm back. again. Back. It's cool. The doctor said it's fine. I am I'm in the mindset now where if I stay away, I won't fuck up.
0: My um my sense of taste is much stronger. Like when I take a bite out of a carrot, oh my gosh, it's like eating candy.
1: It's the old Louis C. K. joke where he talks about how you can't give kids apples anymore. He's like they don't even taste it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's because our palates are so oversaturated with sodiums and and, and, all, and, sugar. All, and an actual processed sugars that we can't really, you know, because if I'm not eating very well and I'm eating lots of lots of Hostess and lots of stuff like that, no fucking way am I gonna eat an apple because an apple is not satisfying. It's not sweet enough. Yeah. It's not, and that's just because we I, I fucked my taste buds up, my palate up with yeah. all this other other. Uh, types of food, the processed sugars. So, anyways, yeah, that's why. Yeah, uh, that's that's why now when you eat a carrot, you're like, this is
0: fucking good. Yeah, I can taste the sugar in every bite of carrot. It's so crazy.
1: Well, I eat avocados every day now. I've always eaten avocados, but I've eaten it with other things or not all the time, you know. Yeah. Now, dude, I'll eat an av- avocado, and I can taste when it's. I can. I can taste when it just got ripe. I can taste if it's a little too old. I can taste the difference, not just the really? texture. I can. It's weird. Yeah. So my 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 palate is, has completely uh, changed uh, just in two weeks. Wow, um, that's crazy. Yeah, dude. Like it, and it's nice. I haven't had bread in, in in almost two weeks, which has been pretty crazy. But I am making this dough out of cheese, almond flour, and an egg. The the dough tastes like a big cheese. It really. Yeah, because it's. Oh. A cup and a half of grated mozzarella cheese, oh, God. a whole egg, and like a cup and a half of almond flour, and you mix that shit together. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. You, and maybe a little butter. I can't. She's got Angie's got the recipe, but you mix it together, and then you it turns into dough. You knead it. You know, just just a big dough ball, and then oh. you you just stretch it out, make a dough out of it, and that sounds amazing. Did we have a bread recipe. Like, we can make legit bread out of these other types of flours and shit. Really? Yeah.
0: Well, you know what? I, I don't need it, though. See, I can ditch bread like that. Oh, man. Bread has never been a problem. Pasta oh. has never been a problem.
1: Well, then, what, then what's the deal, Taylor? It's, it's the candy. The candy. It's the
0: chocolate. It's... And even soda. I, I'm able to quit soda. Yeah. But I started drinking it like a shit ton of Diet Mountain Dew. To make up for, and you know, it's it's a habit that I'm gonna have to. But you know, one step at a time. One Tabor. step. Yeah, yeah. Let's
1: let's not do a complete overhaul right now. You know, it's...
0: the thing is, is that if I have one vitamin water zero, that's four net carbs right there. If I have an entire twelve pack of Mountain Dew, zero. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whenever I get a craving for something sweet, I just pop a Mountain Dew.
1: And that's that's what I do to when you need to pop Mountain Dew, I thought of like little Mountain Dew pills.
0: <laughs> basically
1: Like you just yeah, you know, like you just taking empty capsules and pouring Mountain Dew in them and then closing them up and be like, I gotta I gotta take my Mountain Dew for the day I I gotta do it. <laughs> that's basically what
0: it is. I mean it's there's popping no, some Mountain Dew. There's no carbs, there's no fat, it's
1: low sodium. Okay. This is just something I I like to ask everybody. And I haven't asked on the last few podcasts because I've had them on before. But any new guest I have on, I want to know because you're a a comedian, when was the first time, or can you think of a time, when you realized that you were a funny person?
0: Yep. Sixth grade, Mrs. Center's class. It was a fine arts class. Um, the very first week of school she had a contest um, that was she it was a game called make mrs. Center laugh and if you made her laugh you got 10 points extra credit and everyone was it was middle school so we were sixth graders everyone was like making fart noises and stuff like that and and, you know sixth grade humor and um, you know before you know I was kind of shy before and you know I didn't know what came over me yeah but I um she's like all right you taper you're up and I walked up to her quietly, and then I jumped one leap, jumped right on top of her desk, ripped off my shirt and then started air humping and singing, macho macho man. I started sing I started singing the village people just being silly and she lost it she started laughing, and I got the ten points extra credit.
1: Well, you got a reaction out of somebody from being silly and funny. And that probably opens you up where you're like, oh, oh, I can do this.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, this is neat. And it's really weird. That brings us back to Jared, who we were talking about. From Subway. Jared from Subway, who we were talking about two hours ago. Um, yeah, I was an actor and he wanted to get into acting because he, he looked up to me. So he got into acting, which got him into comedic acting, which got him into improv, which got him into stand up. And so he got into stand-up before me. He introduced me to Dane Cook. And then he's just like, you need to do stand-up. And I was like, "That's eh, not really my thing, man. Yeah. And he's just like, no, you're hilarious. He's like, you're good at improv. And I was like, yeah, improv is something different. You know, I'm not a stand-up. And he's just like, okay. And so he started doing stand-up. He got involved in the Boise scene. He knows Olek. He knows Moondack. He, kn- he knew all these guys a decade before I knew these oh, guys. Shit. And so he you know, he got into it and um I didn't do stand up for a long time until Corpus Christi Texas. I was at work, I was working in um at the hotel and I was in the operator room. So I was in charge of like answering phone calls and mm-hmm. stuff. And one of the uh the, the kitchen managers came downstairs and he's just like, Hey guys, You know, we're all going to uh, the comedy club after, you know, after work and we're going to, you know, have some drinks and uh, I'm going to do a comedy set. You guys should come with, uh, come hang out. I was like, you do stand up? And he's just like, yeah. And he's just like, it's not really my show. It's just an open mic. So I'm only going to be doing about five minutes. And I said, oh, wait, open mic. So that means anyone can do it. And he's just like, yeah. And I was like, I've been wanting to try it. And he's like, go for it, dude. And so that night, I wrote five minutes of shitty material, and the next day, I went up to the open mic with my shitty material, and I killed. And I was like, I'm ready
1: for HBO, baby. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, you're on a high. You're like, I, the first time I tried this, and I got laughs? Oh, my
0: God. And I didn't fucking kill. It was the fucking audience knowing it was my first time. Yeah. And so and so I love watching these first-time comedians go up and getting this wild reaction from the crowd. And I'm just like, enjoy it, bud, because you are going to eat shit well, that's like when, for a couple
1: years. <laughs> yeah. When people join Boise's Funniest Person, uh, I always say, because this is what happened to me, I always say, hey, if you do this competition and you make it through and you actually get to do the, the, the shows, enjoy it, because that's probably the last time you're going to see 200 people in the crowd for a show until you're a few years in. Who knows? But it's going to be a while before you see a crowd like that again. Yeah.
0: You know, talking about this makes me. It, you know, I'm itching to get back up but on stage. Yeah, it should. Yeah.
1: It should, man. You know, uh, uh, I can't remember who said this. Maybe it was Rogan or somebody said a long time ago, Paul Mooney told them, if you ever need inspiration, just go go see a live show. That is, it could be comedy, it could be music, a play, but just go see a live show and it, it should inspire you. Yeah. So... Dude, I want to thank you for coming in, man. Yeah,
0: thank you so. Well, much, We've been trying Adam. to do
1: this for so long. We finally got I know, it in. Finally, all that, you know. <laughs> but um, where can people where can people find you?
0: Um, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Taylor actually, Johnson. Actually, I think the Facebook is shut down for now. Okay. Because of the, you know, myself, you know, I'm self conscious. You know, as soon as I get my car, I'm going to start booking shows again, and I think I need to start, you know, building my fan base up again.
1: Yeah, man, I want to see that fire again. You were always booking shows and doing this and doing that. Um, get back into it, man. You're gonna. You're, you're great at it. All right, all right, man. Thank you very much for coming in, yeah, brother. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. Another podcast in the books. I want to thank you guys again for listening. Um, I'm going to keep pumping them out, and I hope you keep listening. Keep downloading. I really appreciate it all, you guys. Thank you so very much for uh, your emails. You can email me at theshuttlepodcast at gmail.com. You can also get at me on Facebook, Jeremy Nelson, or Instagram, Jeremy Nelson Stand-Up, or on my Twitter, at Nelson Stand-Up. All right, y'all. Have a great rest of your week. Again, thank you so much for listening. Love y'all. Respect.
0: God damn, it's a long, long road. That never occurred to me. for that shortcut I don't want to cause a scene You want to keep from closing That would be okay with me You should be more outspoken Now I
1: see an out for me Looking for a trapdoor